0: From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. In February, Elon Musk took another step in his goal for a manned mission to Mars. His company, SpaceX, launched a rocket into space carrying his red Tesla Roadster with a spacesuit-wearing dummy named Starman in the driver's seat. And if you aren't picturing this, it is literally a car floating in space, though it looks like it will just miss Mars. This launch is the latest in a series of rocket tests and missions by private space exploration companies owned by entrepreneurs and billionaires like Amazon's Jeff Bezos, who has his own company called Blue Origin. The rise of these private aerospace companies comes as NASA ended its shuttle program in 2011 and has seen cuts in its funding. So what is the future of space exploration? Well, joining me is Tim Fernholz, a writer at Quartz and the author of the new book, Rocket Billionaires. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and the new space race. Tim, good morning. Good morning. So there are really two men at the center of the story. And you call this a new space race, but what are they racing towards?
1: They are racing towards uh, a future where humanity is a space civilization, where it's normal for people to live and do business in space. And they both think that it's too expensive to get there. And so both of their companies are working in different ways to make it as cheap as possible to go to space.
0: But what's driving them to want to go to outer space to
1: send people to Mars and have more tourism to do that? Well, I think uh, personal obsession is true for both men. Elon Musk talks about a multiplayer planetary civilization. He wants to retire on Mars. Jeff Bezos is inspired by a vision of humans inhabiting huge space stations, orbiting the Earth. So there's certainly an idiosyncratic personal motivation there. But both men are obviously wildly successful business people. And so the way they're organizing these personal dreams are in companies, startup companies that actually do promise to make a lot of money and maybe even change the economy. Well, both of
0: these men came out of the original dot-com boom in the 90s. So how does coming from that world shape their
1: involvement in this new space race? Well, I think there's two key things. You know, one is just the ability to envision a potential market before it exists that people don't believe is possible, like space tourism, like, you know, mining propellant from the moon, things like that. And the second thing is their experience in managing software companies. I think the aerospace industry, for all of its high-tech power, really settled into a very comfortable relationship with the government and didn't innovate as much as, say, the consumer software sector over the last two decades. And so they brought in attitudes and practices, just approaches to management and really an embrace of risk that allowed their companies to do new things that, that NASA has not done yet.
0: One of the things that Musk and his company, SpaceX, talks a lot about is reusability. Have what you're hearing there are the cheering crowds back in February when two of the rocket boosters from the launch of that red Tesla landed back on Earth exactly as planned. How important is that accomplishment?
1: it's huge. For me, it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Going to that launch was amazing. But what it means is, you know, right now, any rocket that goes into space is thrown away after you use it. And that makes going to space very expensive. So both Bezos and Musk think the key is, let's reuse these rockets again and again doing that has proven difficult. It's expensive. But with Musk and SpaceX, they figured out how to do it for the most expensive and largest part of the rocket, that booster. They fly it up and then essentially it's a big smart robot and it flies itself back down. And it's the first operational reusable rocket like that really in history. And it is lowering the price of going to space by an order of magnitude. Who
0: benefits from privately funded space exploration if it's these wealthy billionaires who are doing it out of their own money? And is there much benefit to society?
1: So I think that there is. You know, if you look at what SpaceX does a lot of, it launches a lot of commercial communication satellites, and arguably that's good for society. But it also launches a lot of stuff for NASA. It is one of the primary rockets servicing the International Space Station. And because they can do it so cheaply, it saves NASA a lot of money they can put into other things as well. Musk has
0: been pretty clear that he wants to get to Mars. And recently he was talking about what this would be like for the first group of explorers.
1: It'll be far more dangerous... It kind of reads like Shackleton's ad for Antarctic Explorers. You know, it's like difficult, dangerous, good chance you'll die, excitement for those who survive.
0: I'm just trying to understand exactly what is the goal. Why is Mars so important to send people there?
1: So this is a big debate in space world. You know, what is the next big thing humans should do? Should we go back to the moon uh, and make a permanent place there? Should we go on to Mars? Uh, You know, Elon likes Mars because it has more of an atmosphere. It's more similar to Earth. It arguably has more resources. And I think because it has sort of captured the imagination of science fiction authors for a long time. But I think he's being realistic about what he's describing, you know, It's going to be uh, in an extreme environment with technology that we may not be able to rely on. But it will be like when the Apollo program landed people on the moon, except what these new generation of explorers want to do is make a high watermark that doesn't recede. And they build on that with a permanent human presence in the solar system.
0: In your opinion, who is in the best position for the next space race? Is it the government or is it private, wealthy individuals like we're seeing right now?
1: Well, I think the future of this is going to be a combination of the two. Uh, At the moment, neither side of that equation has the ability to do it on their own. The government is too encumbered with existing relationships and not really ready to accept risks to do big things in space. The private individuals in their companies, while they're huge and wealthy and doing crazy things, don't have enough money to really send a space mission out there. So I think we'll see in the decades ahead both space policymakers trying to figure out how to leverage these companies to their advantage and these rocket billionaires trying to leverage government programs to their advantage.
0: When you look at the space race of the 1960s and
1: 70s, it feels really different compared to now. Do you agree with that? And what is the difference? And the difference is really geopolitics. In the Cold War, the Apollo program was an incredible way to signal to the rest of the world that the U.S. had the best technology, that we were the smartest and most advanced compared to Russia. At the end of the Cold War, there weren't as many returns on that investment from a political point of view. We've achieved great science with the International Space Station, but... Since the end of the Cold War, there hasn't been as much of a reason to go to space. There is more interest now than there has been in decades, and I think it's because of what SpaceX has been able to do. People are attracted to those reusable rockets' landing is incredible to see. Musk's goofy stunts with the Tesla— People get a kick out of that, even if sort of astronomers get angry about it sometimes. The real test is going to be when they fly people. That is what gets people excited about space. And all of these companies, they want to fly people in the next 18 months. And if they can do that regularly and safely, I think that public interest and the possibilities in space are going to go up quite a bit.
0: Tim Furnells is the author of the new book, Rocket Billionaires, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and The New Space Race. Tim, thank you so much. My pleasure. I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC.